episode is brought to you by D2DCon4, the number one business conference in the door-to-door and direct sales industry. With an unmatched speaker lineup, exclusive workshops, hand-picked vendors, awards, high-level networking, and more. Come and learn from the one percenters in the business and leadership industry. David Goggins, John Maxwell, Tim Story, Hal Elrod, Brad Lay, and Sam Taggart. Go to d2dcon4.com to reserve your seat today. Limited tickets are available. Don't miss out. Go to d2dcon4.com and get your tickets before they sell out. Hey everybody, this is Sam Taggart and I'm here with Laura Beth Garza in Austin, Texas. We are live and uh, today we're going to be talking about competitiveness. Okay. And I kind of, you know, we jammed offline before this for a little bit and I feel like just getting to know you, you were a Taekwondo, did you say? Mm-hmm. Like all-star from 7 to 12. <laughs> and that like interests me in and of itself. I got my white belt, so I'm like proud of that. I was like five. Um, but now you have become top rookie rep in history for Skyline Security. Okay. You're 200 plus accounts, mm-hmm. security. Yeah. Um, you're on track to do 250 this year. And it's your first year ever. Correct. Which I, I feel like, I'm like, well, I want to see who how you unlock the beast next year and go three, four hundred yeah. and be one of the few female golden door winners. That's like the cream of the cream, right? <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so if you guys are listening to this, um, whether you're, you know, just figuring it out in your first year, I mean, this would be relatable because she's been through... You know, a lot of the first year ups and downs, I'm assuming. And COVID. COVID. <laughs> she started literally in March of COVID. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, I think that there's a lot to unpack. So thank you so much for being on the show. And Thank you for having me. I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm pumped. So how'd you, so this isn't your first door to our job though. So we it's can't not. technically say you were a rookie. Uh-huh. You did um, power home remodeling, which Correct. is a beast of a sales force, a big behemoth remodeling and home improvement company. 100%. How long did you do that for? So the door to tour part of it, not very long. I would say maybe like a month to a month and a half because oh, yeah. I got promoted to be in their sales division. A lead right baby, after. essentially. Yep, exactly. You just sit and <laughs> wait, hope they send you a lead and yeah close it exactly um so just a short time then you were just closing deals had you done sales before that i've been doing sales since as far back as i can remember oh really what else have you sold um when i was around 18 um i was a marketing director for a chiropractic clinic okay so i started with marketing and then um right around 2021 i started doing sales and brand ambassadoring for a lot of um liquor companies and then with that, it opened the doors to helping um, some of the really big um, just distributors down in South Texas. And um, I started with Glaciers um, there, and then they brought me over to the Austin market, where I also became the district sales manager for their sales division in Austin. So been doing sales for quite oh, a long yeah. time. And then after that, I even helped open a studio um, for Orange Theory Fitness, and I was their sales manager for them as well. They offered me a corporate sales position before I went to power, so. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 
you're saying this backwards how most people start, right? Yeah. You have these corporate big names, Glazer, you got Orange Theory, you've got marketing director at a chiropractic center, you've got, you know, that sounds way cooler than rookie first year door-to-door saleswoman, right? Like, I'm sure mom's super proud. Like, oh, you fell into door to, like, where did things go wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I'm, has that gone through your head at all? Um, when I first got interviewed, I, it's like I told you, um, before we started talking, it's, it's not the most glamorous, you know, job that a lot of people think it to be. And, you know, yeah, you interviewed for the door to door job. It wasn't like, please, we need another body. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I went and I spoke to Nico and he kind of just told me about, you know, the ins and outs of it. And obviously being a girl, you don't see a lot of door to door people in the industry. So you think it's not very glamorous, not very safe. You're, you know, walking in the neighborhood, knocking on strangers' doors in the dead of Texas heat, you know. But and you're like, sign me up. Or you're like, Nico's kind of cute, fine. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Which was the two? I'm curious. No, 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 no. Um, he kind of just t- talked to me about the pay structure and, you know, how you are able to grow with the company so quickly if you really put your hustle into it. And that's kind of what drew me to the job. You know, I'm, I've always been a hustler from the very beginning since I was a little kid. I, like we talked about before, I've always been in competition with myself and he kind of just sold me on the job. And ever since then, you know, it's been a little bit over six months and, you know, going from being rookie of the year now to having a team underneath me and trying to make them just as successful, if not more than I am, that's my main focus right now. So that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, you threw in two today. Yeah. <laughs> before the podcast. Um, so let's let's so you go and say let's start this door to door thing. COVID hits. You what was kind of your first week like? You know, it wasn't like you had this massive background in door to door. You've had some sales experience. Did you pick it up quickly or did you get face kicked in for a while? Like how was the so journey? The way it worked, I mean, obviously coming from power, we had a pitch to learn as well and you know, rebuttals to do and deal with, you know, the resistance. So that really helped coming to this industry. Um, we also have a pitch here that was taught, you know, Pat and Nico have the process down pat. Hey, and you guys used the university. You got some of the videos. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I actually did. Skyline you, baby. I was one of the ones that saw most of those yeah. videos. So Hopefully yeah. you didn't get too sick of me and <laughs> no, all the other people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they have the process down pat, you know, they teach you the pitch and the rebuttals and what to expect. They go out with you and they give you that one-on-one training that you really, you know, need and they shadow you and you shadow them just so that you're not out on your own. They don't just say, hey, you know, go into this neighborhood and go sell. Same they actually Good luck. They actually take the time and they care about you and they you obviously want you to succeed. Big shout out to Nico and team. Yep. And obviously we have a really good sales tech team with Carlos Mejia leading us. So they are the powerhouse. They are our foundation. And they're the reason that we are probably the leading team in our industry. So That's awesome. Yeah. So you start and so had a pretty good success from the get-go. Like, how did you do your first week? Kind of, like I said, it was in March, like COVID hit. I think uh, I think I got maybe five or six my first week. It wasn't uh, anything too big and then kind of just stopped for a few weeks because that's when Austin really shut down. And then um, I got the opportunity to go to Arkansas in mid-April, my birthday weekend. And 
that's where my life kind of changed a little bit. You know, we started in Little Rock and then from Little Rock, we went to Eldorado, um, stayed in a house with Nico, Pat and Jordan Abasi, who is also one of our leaders now. So great job with him. And that's kind of where there was an energy shift, you know, um, when you're in a house with the best of the industry, like Pat and Nico, you just, there's no other way, you know, to go, but like be successful you're around successful people you want to be successful and it, it just it motivates you to kind of level up and yeah. then you just have a, a different level every time and what was your best week coming up with them um in El Dorado I think it was 17 uh, I was going for a 20 spot that week but a tornado hit El Dorado <laughs> <laughs> so the last day when I was trying to go for the last three there were sirens going off, and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah, so that didn't happen. And then we did another little trip to Texarkana, and that's where I hit my first 20 spot. And, you know, it's just been a game changer ever since then. You know, That's awesome. Yeah. So it holds the rookie best week, the rookie best month, the rookie best year. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, my first year, I think my best week, and I don't think all of them got installed. I think I got 16 sales, and maybe 14 of them got installed. And I mean, that's impressive. All like, 22, I can say, got 20, funded. Two, 22 funded, <laughs> 22 legit funded. accounts. Yeah. It took me till year three or four to get a 20 spot. Like, that's that's a big deal, by the way. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize, like, some people underestimate how a rookie can perform. And they think, oh, well, I'm not eligible for a 20 spot my first year. Mm-hmm. That comes my third year. Or yeah. once I've been doing this for a long time, I'm worthy of a 20 spot or whatever the big week is in your industry if it's roofing it's a 20 spot or whatever you know I, like whatever that means to you right um and so you said something that was very you said two things i want to jam on one of them is the environment in which you surrounded yourself with that was a big turning point for you yeah um how how big of a deal do you feel like it is having mentors coaches bad a hitters around you like what difference does that make versus just kind of being a lone wolf and figuring it out or a company I think that everybody the sucks? leadership that you're surrounded by and the work culture that you're surrounded by is what makes it successful you know not just sales consultant but a team and like I think that that's why we are the leading team in the industry because I have mentors like Edwin and then I have you know leaders like Pat and Nico and Carlos as the foundation and because they're always you know striving for us to be better and they're always you know setting a new level of expectations when you have everyone on the team you know hitting above six a week you know you don't expect anything that less than that six a week and then you start seeing people make 10 a week and then you're like okay well that's where I'm going to be or that's the lowest part I'm going to be and then you start seeing people do 15 and 20 and then you're you're you know you're you're leveling up every single time so with our group like there's always going to be those successful people because you're surrounded by those successful people so it's just an energy that you're just getting and, and you've been able to also reciprocate downward mm-hmm. to people you brought on you had a girl exactly. that started in july yep. that started so, at over 100 accounts exactly so now i've actually been blessed to be able to train a team underneath me and to you know um just be as successful and hopefully soon more successful than i am you know emily kane started in july so she's brand new to our squad she's going to be hitting you know her 100 account before the month ends so so from an income level just perspective what that's 
I don't know, 60 grand, 70 grand, 50 grand? A uh, hundred, a hundred counts? Yeah. Just about a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I, I mean, depending on the account, right? But like... Yeah, I'd say like averaging maybe 4K a week. Yeah. I mean, like changed her life, I'm assuming. Right? Yeah. So she came from the corporate world. She actually sold, uh, sold Edwin his Rams tickets. Really? <laughs> so his round seats, yeah. So she comes from that industry. So the owner of the company yeah. says, girl, you need to come work for me. You're good. Mm-hmm. Sells her on doing door-to-door. Guys, one, the owner's recruiting. That's a huge, <laughs> like, tip. Owners need to get back in the recruiting game. Yeah. Two, corporate world sales, sexy Ram sales chick. And he says, quit that. Let's do door-to-door sales. So some of the benefits of doing door-to-door is, I mean, coming from that corporate world – it takes you weeks, sometimes months to make a sale. So you have to work at it constantly. And even at that, you're not getting that pay turned around right away. You have to wait for that. With us, you know, you're making a sale, you're getting it installed the same day, and you're getting paid for it the next week, getting the paycheck every single Friday, as opposed to having to wait for that. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of rewards in doing door-to-door sales. So she sure. got contagious of that cultural energy. Exactly. What happens when somebody's like, not catching on to that energy, that vibe, that culture. Have you had any people come in and just like be bad apples and not? Honestly, that's about a mindset. If you come in with a negative mindset, then you're not going to make it in this industry at all because everyone around you has that positive energy and that positive mindset and is always at that level. And if you don't find yourself there and you're always just in a negative state, you're not going to make it. That's just the name of the game. So then you said something earlier about I was always so competitive with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about doing Taekwondo, then you got into dance, you worked your way up to team captain and one of the best in the high school, and then you talked about you did this in sales and this in sales. I want to know, because if you're listening to this or you're watching this, um, what happens, some people are really competitive with others. They're like, I'm going to beat you, I'm going like, <laughs> to throw down on you. And some people are really competitive with themselves. What's the difference in pros and cons and the two types of competitivenesses that you see? And you obviously say I gravitate more to like the caramel. Yourself. Yeah, yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think the pro of me being in competition with myself is that I'm always trying to level up. Like, yes, I am in competition in a sense with like the last year rookie numbers, but it's more so proving to myself that I can do it and I can surpass it. Last year's best rookie was what? Um, it was Keith Dottridge. He actually trained me, so I went out with him my, up, my first week. He's my boy, big shout He's out. the one that took me out week one. Um, but How many did he do? As far as? Accounts. In a week? Total. Um, I think, and I'm sorry, Keith, if I get this wrong, it was around 155. Okay, cool. So she's guessing, one, meaning she doesn't care as much as she probably <laughs> think. Number two, if you were competitive with him, you would have done how many? 156. Most likely, yeah. Does that make sense? Exactly. So the problem with being competitive with others is you're going to rise just above to wherever the environment asks you to rise Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a culture or an environment where only the the average or the best is doing 10 in a week, Mm -hmm. you'd be doing 11 because you're like, I just want to be the best. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that didn't extract the 22 spot out of you. Yeah. See what I'm getting at? Uh Uh-huh. By being competitive with yourself, you're now on track to go do 250. Where did that even come from? Uh, just consistency. consistency. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. 
So what other benefits come with this self-competitiveness? Um, just honestly, like my main goal this year and having the self-competitiveness, I think it just drives me and motivates me not just to to make myself better, but to make others just as good as me. And to me, that's one of the biggest things that I take from this. And everyone that you speak to, you know, in our industry and in my team will always say that I have the biggest heart and I will do anything for any of my reps, you know, um, as long as it is going to lead to them succeeding, you know, whatever it takes. Love that. That's such a big attitude as a leader. And you know, it's interesting, like even Edwin, I'll give him a shout out. I don't know if he's listening to this, but um, he... The fact that I still see him as the owner with hundreds of reps, Mm -hmm. getting on every Zoom call every week, doing the coaching, the leadership, getting in the trenches, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that there's a cultural pass down from the top all the way down to the bottom of, I watch him saying, I will do anything. Like I'm doing, he's on Facebook Live at 1030 at night, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) To support one of his reps, like just saying like, he doesn't have to be on this. He doesn't, like that energy that example that he's done then pat and nico pass to you then you're now passing to emily and then she's going to pass on to who knows who yeah is such an important cultural principle that i think a lot of companies are missing yeah i think that's very rare to find in any industry you know having people that actually care about your success and care about you know getting you to the next level i love that Mm -hmm. so now let's talk about women in the the industry so you know, I, one, you're the top rookie, not just female rookie, not just X, Y, like rookie, like, boom, I don't care. Like, I think a lot of people, they say, well, there's like boys football and girls football. <laughs> there's boys soccer and there's girls soccer. I don't think there's boys and girls leagues in door to door, but I think apply. it doesn't apply. But I think the problem is, is because there's been such a strong imbalance of population of men versus female in door to door, they naturally create a dissidence as if it were boys versus girls. Does that make sense? Correct. Which I think is a cultural conundrum, and I think it's actually pushing away a huge pool of recruits, a huge pool of opportunity, because it's misconstrued in our industry Mm. who this job is meant for. Exactly. I've even had some people reach out to me on Facebook and say, you know, you're one of the reasons that I really am looking to get into the door-to-door industry because all I see is males, you know, succeeding in this industry and I've never really seen any females succeed. So they are really scared to even approach the idea of coming into door-to-doors. And, you know, women actually have a lot of advantages when it comes to door-to-door sales. You know, that that whole, it's not a glamorous thing or it's unsafe is far from true. Um, you're never put in a situation or you're never made to knock on a door when you're you're not, not feeling comfortable. If somebody opens a door and you get a bad vibe from them, walk away. No one's forcing you to stay there. You know, you're in control the entire time. You know, you could always even, if you need to, share your location with your managers and things like that just to kind of give you that extra safe feeling. Do you carry any kind of pepper spray, taser, weird? I do have a gun, gun in my car okay. <laughs> in case I have to run there, you know, but okay. that's just me having that protective father that have always has always raised me to kind of just cool. <laughs> I didn't know so I, I was at my little sister sold she sold her here in San Antonio like. yeah yeah um so next question what do you feel are maybe some of the advantages that people underestimate of being a female on the doors that you now can leverage 
Um, one of the biggest advantages to being a female in the door-to-door industry is that guys, um, when approaching a door can be a bit intimidating to some people, especially if it's like a single female homeowner or a female that her, her husband isn't home at the time, you know, and then obviously COVID's going on right now. So that, you know, that, that caution rate is like really high approaching a door. A lot of the times I get, I've been knocked on my door by a lot of people, but you looked nice or you seemed nice. So I opened the door and that's mm-hmm. how I get the sale. So there's a lot of advantages to being a female. No one's ever said that to me, by the way. <laughs> a I lot of people get intimidated. You, you seemed really cool. No, like, you seem really nice. You or like, you know, really like nice. really safe. So, You're safe, but the last no, 10 really days. though. Because <laughs> you know, especially some of the guys on our team, like you know, Pat, you big know, buff, big, yeah, Latin, he, you, you know, know, really, you, you can get intimidated by someone like that. So I've heard several times where they've had people knock on their door and they're like, we've kind of peaked and you looked, you know. Like, I wasn't intimidating to them, so they opened the door and got the sale. So there's a lot of energies in selling, Mm -hmm. and I think that this is interesting. There's a feminine and a masculine energy. The man needs to bring out some feminine in certain selling situations. Correct. And the women that start this job sometimes need to tap into some masculine. Correct. Or else they're going to get walked all over and yell exactly. at and they're going to go and be like, oh. Be aggressive. <laughs> they need to start saying, let's close some deals. Exactly. Right? So okay. that's the masculine. It's like the competitive, aggressive, assertive, we're doing this now. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be like, fine, okay, I'll just swing back by. But the <laughs> feminine energy has so much power in a sales situation. Talk right. to me about that. So honestly, kind of getting that balance that you're saying every single door that you approach, you kind of have to approach differently. And what I mean by that is your tonality has to change with everyone. When you're talking to someone who's a lot older, obviously you can't go and be in their face and bubbly and you know, like high energy because somebody who's a little older, you want to, you know, approach a little, you know, calm and nicely and talk slower to them and not really be that bubbly person. When it's someone younger, then you can approach with that, you know, different tonality where you're bubbling, you're, you know, talking about different things. But as far as the masculine and feminine, it kind of plays into that tonality role where you kind of have to adjust it based on the situation that you get at the door. Yeah, because that feminine energy is the ability to connect, mm-hmm. to empathize, exactly. to have compassion. And so when you're able to say, hey, I can put myself in their shoes mm-hmm. and play to their needs and wants right now because you're exactly you're, you're like how do i connect with you exactly. ma'am because mm-hmm. i'm here and they're like wow i really like like i really enjoy this conversation like i could talk to you all day like, you know or dudes <laughs> are like sometimes they do yeah and dudes are like in alice go like like the last thing i want to do is converse with you i just want to make money and i want to sell you and i want to win and i want to like get this done and sometimes that that's an off-putting energy yeah for a consumer to be navigated through right so the man needs to say, how do I say, get off your high horse for a second, be a friend, build this, like, let's talk about life for a minute. Oh, what were we doing? We're signing this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, totally forgot. We just got to get an okay here and I'll get out of your hair because we got on a 20 minute tangent about Hawaii anyway. So, mm-hmm. so I found myself being that ga- like Gabby gossipy kind of girl in the hair salon mm-hmm. version of Sam, which you know that that's a feminine type of thing but you have to cater to your customer yes and they needed me to do that for 10 minutes for them mm-hmm. just to fill this level of trust right yeah, to chop their guard yeah if i would have gone straight manpower they would have been like all right here's the facts figures let's go through it 
do you have any questions? No, understood. <laughs> yes, let's do this. No, okay, let's do this. Yes, okay. Like, you know what I mean? It's very much like we want to just be methodical to the point. Let's move on. Correct. And it's all an objective versus how do we be more um, human? Human. Exactly. And I think that that natural feminine element of feminine people, like females, tend to naturally have that. Mm. And I'm jealous. <laughs> I've had to practice. <laughs> I really have, like, and and I think I'm. I I remember. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll confess my sin. You're gonna be like, shame <laughs> on you, Sam. My first two years managing, I wouldn't let girls on my team. Okay. I had this misconception: if I had a fi- female on my team, that they would just get in a relationship trouble with my males on the team. I was like, I don't want no drama. I don't want no drama. Right. And uh, finally, a girl calls me from a different team, and she's like, I want to be on your team, Sam. I love that you train, and you're bad at it, and I seem like your culture's sick. I was like, my culture of men? Yeah, no. <laughs> she's like, please, please. I need and I was like, freak. Okay. So I let this girl on the team. She did date four of the dudes. My nightmare came true. <laughs> but she also outsold almost every one of them. So I'm like, don't make me put Jenny on your, in your area. She'll freaking throw down behind you. Like, don't let me embarrass you with her. Like, I used her as my, like, tool. Yeah. Like, so then I was like, maybe I hire more females. You gave in. I gave <laughs> in. And I was like, despite the drama and the fact that it was really awkward in correlation meetings when I saw you sitting next to a new dude. So I had to have a conversation. I'm like, weren't you? Stop asking questions. But... <laughs> That's beside the point. And that's not every girl in every office. Not every girl is like that. Long story short, um, the next year I had like 10, 10 females. And that was like that was like my mission. I was like, okay, let's have a bad A like female section. And honestly, that's one of my missions too. I do have both male and females on my team, but I also do want to build a badass female squad because and this industry doesn't have that. In no, it's that like the team of Avengers. Like think of like, Miss Captain America is just like cruising around bad A, like throwing down every number. It's like girl power. Like, you know, I just, I think that it's like this missing squad of like, if it had a majority female team, that yeah. just like, it was like, you're like the odd dude that's like, I feel like a misfit in here. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I want to see a team like that, and yet have I ever seen it? Yeah. Which is like sad. So please coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. Follow Laura Beth on Instagram and pay attention to the yep. journey. And I, I, I would love to to witness at door to door con or some kind of workshop. I know Alex, uh, our director, is putting a female workshop together. Okay. Lindsay last year did a female workshop at door to door con. It is something that we're very cognizant of, of, of. But we we also don't want to be like they're like they're alienate them and like make them weird like it's like no like we just want to empower them and talk women to them women empowering women yeah yeah exactly. like women empower i can't relate like i i don't know what it's like to get hit on on the door like one time i got hit on she was kind of weird though she was like really old <laughs> like you know what i mean like very rarely like but i'm sure it's like a common thing for you like selling a dude we deal we'll do we deal with different things yeah you deal with different things exactly. and i can't sit there and coach you around that so i think there's an element of we need women empowering women we need um people advocating to mature up the male culture in our industry a little bit, meaning some of the things that we probably do and say in our office is a little bit kind of locker room talk, which <laughs> we're, like, deal with it. Yeah, we're, like, we're like, deal with it. Like, this is our exactly. space. And I'm sitting there like, 
Okay, if my mission is to unify, up-level, bring honor and integrity to the Dorador space, and that is my mission, Yeah. I should probably be like, guys, let's let's correct this a little bit. Yeah. Fair? <laughs> Fair. I'm on your team, girl. That, there's a long process to that one. <laughs> yeah. But that's my mission. Yeah. So I want you to know that. And okay. I'm here to support you, and if you have people that are like, these guys aren't doing it, make them come through Sam. So anyway, any other advice that you'd add to the audience? Like any advice for door-to-door um, things that you're just like, I want to throw this in. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess something that would make a good sales rep. Um, a few different things. Obviously, put in the work. Um, put in the hours. Nothing in life worth it will ever come easy. You have to go through the good, the bad, the ups and the downs in order to level up in any industry, you know. Um, like you mentioned, and like we said earlier, surround yourself with leaders and mentors that will always help you succeed and people that you look up to because you're going to feed off their energy and you're going to be, you know, successful as well. And it's going to force you and motivate you to reach the next level. Pay scales aren't everything. Pay scales aren't everything. Too many people in this industry, they chase a dollar, they chase a, a shiny object when they should be chasing what you just said, an environment that's going to create the greatness out of them. Exactly. Exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was a pleasure. It's fun to meet you. You know, yeah. we connected who knows how long ago. And he goes like, get her on the show. I'm like, yes, for sure. And I was like, I like doing them in person. Can we do it when I'm in Austin one day? So yeah. last time. We, we tried. We tried. I'm back. Yeah. I'm all over the place. Who knows where I'm going next? Um, if you guys got some value out of this, um, you know, share this, give, uh, Laura some love and, uh, you know, drop a comment or something. And, uh, and maybe a, a review on the, the Apple podcast or whatever you're listening to this. We really appreciate those. And just so you guys know, tickets are sell, for sale, doordoorcon.com, January 8th and 9th. Don't miss out. Tickets are selling out fast. Like, we'll sell that thing out in December. So um, don't miss, miss your spot. I know Skyline had, like, a ton of people there last year. That, you weren't even, like, in door door at that exactly. time. So hope to see you out in January. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, so much love, guys. Bye. Love you. See ya. <laughs>